the uh, Generation BTS podcast. This is our first episode. It is a podcast where we, as in three generations of ARMY, will review all the albums by BTS. So I'm Christine. I'm 28. I've been in ARMY for up to a, coming up to a year now. And with me, I've got my two co-hosts. First one is Natasha. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm 18 and I've been ARMY for almost six years. And my other co-host, Leanne. Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm 33 and I've been ARMY for about five months now. Yeah, and together we will review all the albums coming from a different perspective in terms of age and in terms of how long we've been ARMY for and our relationship to the content in that regard. So, uh, so yeah, just so you know, we are not experts on music, K-pop or BTS. We're just fans sharing our opinions on the boys. And please be aware, we do swear. It's a podcast. I think we we made it sort of because we're ARMY and obviously we love BTS and we love their albums. And there's a few podcasts out there that sort of take the um, like the big releases, like the music videos and stuff, and discuss those at length. But there isn't one that really has gone into all the content of all the different albums. So we thought maybe we could do that. And also, yeah, we think BTS deserve this sort of uh, deep dive because you know they're amazing so uh so yeah that's what we're gonna try and do can you maybe explain how we're gonna choose which album that we're gonna talk about Leanne yes so we discussed doing it in chronological order but because the catalogue is so vast we've decided to go with a randomized generator which is sort of a wheel of BTS joy (laughs) that we have um and what we've done is we've broken the albums down into eras and we've separated out all of the solos as their own category and then each time we come to record we'll spin the wheel and based on what that is in the era we'll pick the first album from that era if we've already done the first album then we'll pick the second album from that era and so on and so forth so we'll move throughout the bts world in a very randomized order yeah how we're gonna do each album is i think at least for the first one of each era, it'd be helpful to give a bit of a uh, an intro to the era, sort of where it sits within the overall discography. So I'm going to do that. Um, and then we'll talk about, like Leanne said, the first album first, um, give a bit of an intro to that. And then we'll talk song by song just about sort of what they're about and what we think about them, basically. Maybe mention a couple of performances or, yeah, if there's a music video, we'll probably talk about that. So at the end of each episode, we're going to give out some awards just because we think that that will generate an interesting discussion. And the categories that we're going to go over are best lyric, best vocal, best rap, best dance break, best performance, best look. And if we had to go into our head, which song we would skip, best song and most valuable player, as in which one of the boys we think did the best job on that particular album. And then we thought we'd give the album a grade. Um, but instead of using the sort of A to F, grade system Leanne had the brilliant idea of what was your idea Leanne we're gonna give it something out of seven stars yeah. <laughs> and we'll keep those categories for every album so that we can sort of start to build up a catalogue and collation of our favorites and we can't choose our bias every time no, no we've committed to not choosing our bias every time yeah. um, trying to be as broad and open-minded as possible and all of the content that we reference we are gonna link in the description so you can go and see what we've seen natasha do you want to tell us which so we've already spun the randomizer do you want to tell us which album is the winner i forgot name of it <laughs> <laughs> go 
Yes. Awesome. Perfect. Right. Before we get started on the album, though, I thought maybe it'd be good to talk a bit more about ourselves mm. and our sort of relationship to the content and to the boys in general. So I found BTS properly uh, probably last summer, summer of 2021. That's sort of when I uh, started my army journey, although I'd known who they were for a while because I did at uni, they offered a uh, K-pop dance class. So, uh, so I did that. We did Boy in Love as our uh, BTS song for that class, and that was cool. But I made the huge mistake of not sitting down and looking at the music videos and the content and everything at the time. So um, I knew who they were. I'd heard a few of their songs for a while, and I kept being told through various media that the music videos were amazing. So one day I sat down and I was like, I must really check these out. And since then, my, uh, my life's been taken over. I'm here, and this is my now my BTS podcast, and I've never been happier. What about you? I got into BTS in 2016, September. The first BTS music video I saw was dope. But it wasn't BTS that got me into K-pop. It was got seven. Maybe a few weeks later that I got, like, I want to listen to this song again, but I can't remember the name of it, so I was just typing K-pop and sc- scrolling through every single video, just trying to find this one video. And then it were like, wings were coming out and all their teasers were on Twitter. And I was like, oh, BTS. Oh, BTS. (laughs) (laughs) Got to a point where I was just like, I've totally forgot who GOT7 is. Yep. And then the amazing, amazing day came. What were it, Leanne? 1st of June, 2019. We went to see them in Wembley. Greatest days ever. I mean, that leads on quite yeah. nicely to me. So um, Natasha is my cousin, uh, my favourite cousin. Um, <laughs> and she was, how old were you? You would have been like 16, 15? Uh, 15, because we were in June. Yeah, so she was 15 and loved this K-pop band and had loved them for a long time. And our family were a bit dismissive of it, but I'm quite liberal and she wanted to go. I did manage to get some tickets and much... To my horror, I had <laughs> double A golden circle tickets in my basket. Oh no. And I decided that at two eight five they were too expensive. Two eight five, wow. So I took them out of the basket and got us some very, very good seats and we went along. And I thought that they put on a really amazing performance, one of the best performances I'd ever seen but mainly I got all of my joy out of seeing Natasha's joy and being able to share in that with her yeah. um so I left Wembley and forgot about them uh and then when so Christine and I are housemates and when Christine we weren't at the time but yeah now we are I think I moved in in like August 2019 so it would have been like just a couple months after but still yeah I wasn't part of this Wembley tour no she wasn't she wasn't <laughs> part of the Wembley tour so when Christine started getting into them in the July, it was sort of, it happened in my eyes very much overnight. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely did. She was just super into them. Uh, I bought it in first night, I was like, yes. And then that's all she talked about and all she did. And I'm a fairly good housemate, fairly good friend. So I took, I took a casual interest. Mm-hmm. And then in December of 2021, uh, Christine and I both got covid Uh, two weeks before Christmas Mm -hmm. so we were trapped in the house with nothing to bring us joy except a BTS advent calendar yeah 
Christine was watching Run and watching a lot of the content, and I was sort of around it. Yeah. Um, and then did the very classic army mistake, which was <laughs> I'm just gonna work out their who's names. Who? Yeah. yeah, I just want to know who's who. And then we went into tests. So I tested every day <laughs> on different videos and yeah. different photos. A good time. Um, eventually I got them down. Yeah. And then one night I went away and <laughs> researched them intensely in my room until like four in the morning and came back the next morning and I was like I've decided on my bias yeah. and then that was it and now it's all we talk about and all we do and everything oh, that we do in our spare time yeah to the point that obviously we've started this podcast yeah I was just gonna say on the end of uh of Leanne's journey I remember we watched the run episode where they cook I think it was kimchi they all cook kimchi oh. and I remember you sat and watched it with me and um they they had like a teacher on, and all of a sudden Leanne goes, "Oh, they're being so respectful to the teacher." And then I was like, "Yeah, no, this is this is happening. This is you're you're gone. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the club. It's it's good." So uh, so yeah, should we talk about biases? Do you want to go first with that, Leanne? Well, so really interesting. We could talk about Wembley, right? So when we went to Wembley, mm. I didn't know anything about them, but I decided, and I'd forgotten, but Natasha told me that I decided at Wembley, that it was both Jimin and Sugar. I think when we first got there, you went, you listened to a few songs and you're like, it's Sugar, it's Sugar. And then Jimin <laughs> came on, did his little... Little dance. <laughs> solo and you're like, oh, who's that? And I'm like, it's Jimin. And you're like, he's my favourite now. It was his ab reveal, wasn't it? It was the ab reveal. It was the ab reveal, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Sugar's swag and then, like, just Jimin's, like, performing style. But little did I know who RM was and that he was the leader and the translator and the person that like keeps the group together the real like gel of it and how sweet and wonderful he was but also how much responsibility he takes on Mm. for the other boys and also that he was one of the main like lyricists and producers Mm -hmm. um and I went away and when I was doing my research all of that became very very clear and thus RM became my future husband (laughs) in my head Um, so yeah I'm a very strong RM bias often JK wrecked and Jimin wrecked Mm -hmm. Um, but current Hobie is my number one record right Mash tell us your bias my bias is Chogu I just love him he's a baby he's the youngest so cute I've got like pillars I've got t-shirts why did you decide on JK I think it was probably just like the first one, the wings, blood, sweat, and tears, like photo. Then you know, you know. Yeah, I and they've all got the feet at. Oh. Me by a wrecker, though. Oh, God. Yeah, is. I'm coming for you, Leanne. RM. No! <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you look at all of me, like, oh my God, I love this edit. Yeah. I don't think it ever permanently like change. Interesting, interesting. Mine's 100% changed a lot. Okay, right. Uh, Who's your bias? My bias is B or Tay. Tayon. Yeah, yeah. I chose him very early on. Yeah, so I watched loads of music videos. But I think from memory, it was when I saw the mic drop music video. But yeah, he was wearing this headband and he did this like lip snarled eyebrow mm. raise thing and like he throws his hand forward <laughs> this is not an audio feature but uh, I just did, the, just did the move, did the move right? yeah um and that I think that's what did it for me and I was like yeah this one 
this one's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my whole life. So I think my first few months I was definitely like a, had a bit of a, a Taeyong stan vibe. Whereas now I think I'm moving into a phase where I appreciate more and more of them. And I've had phases where RM's been my main wrecker. I've had a JK phase. I've had a Jimin phase. And now I'm very happy in my sugar phase. So yes, Tay's my bias, but sugar's my main wrecker. Anyone else? Bias? No. No more bias chat. Okay, let's move on. Right, so today, as Natasha said earlier, we are going to talk about Love Yourself Her. So Love Yourself Her. I'm going to talk a bit about the um, about the era. It sits between Wings and uh, Map of the Soul in the uh, BTS discography. As a concept, it seems to sort of chart the individual experience of a boy growing into adulthood and experience what's presumably a romantic relationship for the first time. And then eventually coming to the conclusion after sort of some some happy times and some some hardships that the uh, most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. So that's why the whole era is uh, is called Love Yourself. RM has talked about uh, one of his main goals in life being to truly as- achieve self-love and to really love himself. <laughs> it's time for Leanne to cry. <laughs> such an angel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's interesting how his, uh, his solo song from Wings, uh, Reflection, where he says, I wish I can love myself over and over again, like at the end of the song, how they sort of built that out in, into an era. I think the concept's really beautiful, right? I think yeah. it's a concept that I know I've struggled with. Mm. Like, um, and it's really nice to get those messages yeah. over and, and really think about how you love yourself and how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself. Mm. And it's really nice to be like, to have music that reminds you of that yeah. because there's a lot of music out there that doesn't necessarily do that and make me feel that same way. So I think the sort of love yourself here is, is, is a really beautiful one. And yeah. Really oh, works. Like, the whole thing coming out and then like going to school and like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. Shit like that. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then a bad day you come home and you just put BTS on. It's fine. This is this song. Like, just like dance it mirror and just back to normal and be like yeah I do love myself yeah I do love yeah. it yeah <laughs> and also I think the, the way that they do it is really um interesting I'll talk more about it later but the way that they've sort of charted the development towards self-love through, through the, the three love yourself album plus the wonder short film is is yeah it's really genius really clever oh yeah they are genius so boys. uh yeah genius boys genius producers genius everything and also, I guess, and another important thing of Love Yourself is that it led to their campaign with uh, UNICEF, which is ongoing, and they just committed to it again. Obviously, it also led to RM doing his uh, speech at the UN, which oh, we love. So beautiful. Yeah, obviously, very worthwhile campaign. So, uh, so yeah, I'm happy that it's uh, led to good things in the world as well. And obviously, the Love Yourself campaign is against sort of violence towards young people. So, uh, so yeah, right, worthwhile. Um, but anyway, yeah, so... As I was saying, the story is charted through four phases. Wonder, which is the introduction, which actually came out after this one, Her. Uh, so Wonder came out on the 5th of April 2018, whereas Her came out in 2017. So that's interesting. So Her is the development of the story. Tear is the climax or the turning point of the story. And then Answer is the conclusion. Um, and the reason we know this is because of the Chinese characters that you see between the Love Yourself and the title of the album. And these represent a uh, Korean phrase that's delivered via a Chinese idiom. You pronounce it Gi Sung Jong Gyo, which is, uh, thank you, thank you. 
the character for Wonder is Guy Butterson, which translates to introduction, song. The uh, character for her is the development of the story. John, the character for Tear, is the climax, the turn or the conflict of the story. Um, and then the character for Answer, which is Joel, is the conclusion of the story. So that sort of explains to you how the albums should fit in the uh, progression of this uh, this story that we're looking at. Natasha, I wanted to ask you what it was like to have Love Yourself come out while you were still an army and sort of what you think about it at the time. I can definitely remember watching the like the highlight reel videos and it all coming out and just being like so jealous of the girl that's dancing with <laughs> When the pictures were coming out at like three or four o'clock, we didn't have Wi-Fi or I didn't have more mobile data. Going like bike ride in front of my friends, like Grandma Shelley, to then <laughs> catch your Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd used to set an alarm, set off about 10 minutes before, get all the Wi-Fi. And then because she used to have cameras like round her house, so then she would see people coming in and out as well because like, she was on a main road. So you'd have to like hide behind all bushes, long way around to sit in front of it, and then just be like scroll, 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 like refresh, refresh, refresh. And then a few hours later, once everyone was like, you know, sat there and like get their own comments on it, then I'd go back on them, um, find some more Wi-Fi, <laughs> go on and look at through all Instagram like comments and all like theories and like concept thing theories and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, the whole like universe thing is incredibly complicated and I don't know how much time we'll have to discuss it because it's so complex. I guess to we're going to talk about the highlight reel, but um, to sort of clarify if anyone's not aware, the BTS universe is obviously this sort of fictional universe that's created by Big Hit and it sort of helps them tell a story. So I think we'll reference it whenever it feels appropriate but sort of going into like big explainers and theories and everything like that might be a little sort of beyond what we'll have time for. I thought it would be good to go over some like some key dates uh, before we get into the actual album. So um, on the 15th of August, the first part, the sort of introduction part of the highlight reel, which is the one that Natasha sort of mentioned where each of the members meet a girl was released. Um, and the highlight reels, they were released in sort of in four separate clips. Mm-hmm. And the four clips used the same Chinese characters oh. as the albums. Yeah, oh. mind blown. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So you know which one is the introduction, which one's the development, which one is the uh, turning point. point. Yeah. And which one's the, the well, the, there's not really a conclusion, but there is sort of a big hint to what's going on. Okay. As in, like, at the end of the highlight reel. So just to sort of explain, the highlight reel is about 13 minutes long all in all. But yeah, each of the boys has a story arc with a female love interest or a friend, which sort of follows the same development arc of the era itself. So the first bit, they all meet the girl. Second clip, they all sort of develop their relationship with them. So you see them sort of hanging out and, like, doing stuff together. Then you have the turning point where something dramatic happens that sort of ruins the relationship, mm. maybe. And then you have the conclusion, which, yeah, like I said, not really a conclusion, but it sort of has some scenes that is, the, I guess, yeah, our first sort of major hint to quite a uh, an important bit of the universe story. All right. So on the 24th of August, they announced Love Yourself Her. So it was after the highlight reel. The Serendipity Comeback trailer came out on the 4th of September. And on the 18th of September, the album release and the DNA music video mm. came out as well. 
from the Big Hit website, they uh, I'm not going to read the whole blurb, but uh, they say it's an expression of the anxiety and love that is felt during a boy's sort of first experience with a romantic relationship and with sort of coming of age. And they also mentioned that it's a uh, an expression of love as a message of peace and unity to our society. So yeah, the uh, album won the uh, Bonsang and the Daysang at the 2018 Golden Disc Awards and it peaked at number one on Billboard's World Album Charts, as well as number one on the South Korea Gaon Chart. And here in the UK, oh. it peaked at number 14. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, Not as good in the UK, but you know, world it was really hard for the, the UK. That is like a thing that they express every time there's an album. It's like, is it hard for you, kid? Like, to get high in you, kid? Stuff like that. So. It's the hard. next one, though, we'll get to number one. Yeah. We'll do that personally, the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we get started on the first song? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the first song we're going to talk about is Serendipity by lovely Park Jimin. We're probably not going to go into this in loads of detail just because mm. we're going to pick it up again, the full, because this is just the intro version, the sort of two minute intro version. And we're going to pick up the full version when we do answer. Serendipity was written by RM, Hitman Bang, and Slow Rabbit. Um, and just to clarify on the writing credits, I thought it'd be important to say them, but that sometimes they work with writers that aren't sort of big hit writers and aren't members. So just to avoid it being really long, I didn't want to sort of mention loads of people's names that aren't going to mean anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, anyway, there are other writers on the song as well. But yeah, uh, mainly RM Hip- Hitman Bag and Slow Rabbit. And it was produced by Slow Rabbit. Liam, do you want to go into, as you feel, seem to feel strongly about serendipity, what do you uh, what do you want to say about it? So, well, no, I didn't. I, I do feel strongly about serendipity. I think it's really, it's a really beautiful intro, and yeah. I really appreciated um, Jimmy on his own as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. So often I see Jimmy as a dance line. Obviously, I yeah, appreciate yeah. him. You know, his dancing is some of the best but it was really nice when we watched the serendipity video mm. to sort of just let him shine on his own mm. um and the vocals are they're just so yeah. soft and yeah. sweet and gentle and when we watched there we watched the making of yeah video yeah. And he, so... you can tell he's like quite nervous yeah. like being out there on his own um but, so cute and puffy. but really <laughs> it does like a really brilliant job and we, we've got a lot of time I assume you do as well Natasha we've got a lot of time for Jermaine it was really nice to sort of see him shine in that in that way like in a way yeah. that I'd never really seen before and in a way that isn't overly sexy yeah because Jermaine is always like yeah just so he's so sexy and sultry mm. but in this it was just really really soft soft yeah hats off to Jermaine for the intro in Serendipity and the only note that I've got is about the reference to the calico cat. Yeah, we've got a calico here. Yeah, so we two cats that we've renamed um, Harry Monster and Ruby Monster. Yeah, um, In honour of their new dad. And <laughs> the sort of reference to the calico cat was really, really beautiful. And there's one in the video. Yeah. Um, and Jimin loves it a lot. He's very sweet playing with yeah. the cat. It sort of references to the unlikeliness of it occurring because yeah. male calico cats are super super rare, super rare. 90 95 percent of calico cats are female yeah, but yeah, he yeah. refers to himself as a male calico so he's he's special mm-hmm. i think it's like the start of a very iconic like solo 
Yeah. Like the other solos from like the wings, like you were saying that he's all cute and he's all soft and he's not like sexualized as well. And it's like the wings one, he's like eating an apple and it's all like edited to be like, oh, this one is definitely more, more PG. Soft. Yeah. Shall we move on? Mm-hmm. I think we've given Serendipity enough time for just the just the intro bit. But yeah, I think it, it's, it does a good job of setting the tone for both the, the album and the era. So, uh, so yeah, well done, Jimin. Um, next one we're going to talk about is DNA. Uh, DNA. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say it without saying it that way, really. But yeah, anyway, DNA was written by RM, Sugar, Hip and Bang, P-Dog and Supreme Boy. And it's produced by P-Dog. The music video is amazing. Yeah. I guess we can talk about the music video towards the end but I think the first thing about DNA is the big whistle intro oh uh, yes JK is, doing the whistle yeah mm, very I think nice Aaron said on his V Live that they someone asked him like oh how did you record the whistling and he said that he and JK both recorded themselves whistling and he said he didn't know which one they used but I think it's JK I don't I know I think it's JK as well yeah I think it's kind of like it's obviously clearly a pop song but it has that sort of 2010s vibe of doing a lot of the like the drops you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. yeah it's very like it builds and it drops a lot and I think just from reading the lyrics it's about these two lovers that are sort of destined to meet through the plan of the universe the genius lyrics they sort of uh, referred to the um, bit that Jimin sings that goes from the day of the universe's creation and beyond, through the infinite centuries and beyond, and then JK says, in the previous life, maybe in the next two, we're eternally together. And that links to Dalton's atomic theory, apparently. So very, very clever again from the boys. And it's a theory that says that matter cannot be created or destroyed. So therefore, the DNA that we have within us has existed forever, sort of since the start of time, basically. And that, therefore, the sort of concept of the song is that the fate of the, these two people meeting is a result of the sort of the plan that sits within their DNA. And that, that plan has existed since the start of time and sort of everything that's happened between the start of time and now has sort of led to the, this, the meeting of these two people, which is, you know. It's sort of um, an explanation of destiny, right? Yeah, yeah. So exactly. that no matter what would have happened in life or throughout history, mm. because of the way that DNA moves through generations. Your actions are almost predetermined. Yeah, yeah. and these two people were always going to find each other. Always going to find each other. Well, and then ultimately, that's a reflection on BTS. We're always going to debut and find each other as a seven. They were always going to come together as a seven. Mm -hmm. Debut, have their struggles, get success, and always obviously find Army. And Army would always support them and love them in the way that we do. So I think that's really it's a really beautiful concept, and it's really when the boys are in the era of almost they're doing these love songs Mm. but they're a reference between the band and the fan base but through Through the the representation of love songs songs, yeah and I always really feel that I really feel that in a lot of these lyrics like when I was reading them Mm. I really felt like they were being like it was always going to be this way. You were always yeah. meant to be here. You were like, always meant to be here. I was, yeah, exactly. I was. Yeah. Um, it is also like a, a loose continuation of the lyrics from Serendipity, the link between everything. And... Yeah, Tay says, and I think they've sort of switched this line, who says it, but there's a line that goes, we're totally different, baby, because we're the two who found our destiny. I was going to say, I put in my notes, um, it's it's a strong strong set from RM, but it's owned by V's Vocal. Yeah. Um, oh. V's Vocal in the start of the DNA start of is it. really so sultry, oh, yeah. and it's just a softer voice from V, and it really it's sort of hits. Dark. And then within that, we obviously have to shout out to JK's rap. I watched the music video, and then JK's just 
sprinting and rapping mm-hmm. and it's just it's beautiful flawless. it yeah. is yeah he's JK yeah, showing he can do everything that boy and then i really enjoy the la 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 <laughs> at the end which i think kobe sort of mainly sings mm-hmm. so yeah it also allows for a really really lovely dance sequence in the video so, uh, so yeah should we talk about the video a little bit before mm-hmm. we move on um so the video obviously really big and bright and colorful and yeah the outfits are really on point they wear like three four different sets of outfits yeah, i think definitely. some like colorful ones some like basketball top ones yeah, and yeah. then they uh it's when they first start wearing the like loved shirts ah uh, yeah. yeah sugar has a loved shirt and then it says on the back of jim's jacket i think it says oh, loved wow they has his loose tie which i know you Ugh. you hate i you hate, hate the loose ties <laughs> like part where um they all like stand in front of each other and then like disappear jimin's like um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. when he does a, the if jimin's hand thing is what i've written in my jimin does his hand thing um i guess yeah for the dancing i think the main bits are the yeah jimin's hand thing we've got one performance that we love where they all sort of do the little finger hearts and then instead of doing his hand open when he does the hand thing which you know if you've seen the music video you'll know you'll know jimin's hand thing but yeah, instead of doing the hand, he does the finger heart and then he moves it like back and forth it. and shakes it as if like the power of the universe is like overtaking him. <laughs> but it just looks very silly with the finger heart. I think when, um, we, when we watched the performances, the problem was is we watched the, and we'll link it, we watched the one with the finger heart yeah. first. Um, and then we, we watched, watched a few the, more. And then we watched a few more. And I was like, why are they not doing the finger <laughs> This is not as good as the one that we just no, watched. The finger heart one is superior, yeah, definitely. Very cute. Yeah. And when they do the, they do the DNA wiggle. The, the, the DNA wiggle, yeah, that was my other note from the dancing is, you know, they do the DNA wiggle, they do an Opti 7 one, and then there's one where, like, Jim and hands over to Sugar, they do, like, a yeah. mini one. So that's cute. There was someone that, um, in the V-Live commented on, there's, like, a iconic bit where Aram's reading a comment and through the lyrics he says something about DNA travels through his blood or something like that, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. um, eh, 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 you're wrong, and he's like, oh. I think it was, it said that, someone said that your blood vessels don't have DNA in them. And he goes yeah. like, what? Wait, I'm, no. And then he goes like, I'm going to check that with my friend who studies like studying science or something. But it's not true. Your, your blood vessels do have DNA. It's, oh. it's not true. Oh, that's good. Uh, that he noticed someone's going to yeah. check himself. Yeah. It's like panic that he had. Yeah. He, he, he saw his eyes for like, what? <laughs> but yeah, luckily, luckily he was right. Um, he's always right. Yeah, he's always right. It's true. So, uh, so yeah, I think I'm happy there with uh, the DNA conversation. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to the lovely Best of Me? This one was written by RM Sugar J-Hope, Hitman Bang, P-Dog, and Drew Taggart from The Chainsmokers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he also produced it, well, he produced it with P-Dog. So, um, so yeah, this was their big Chainsmokers collab. I think you can kind of tell from the musical style. It's, uh, yeah. it's Chainsmokers vibey. Mm-hmm. Um, this was probably the height of... Chainsmokers fame as well in 2017. I went to see them twice in 2017. Amazing. <laughs> and we get some singing from RM and some singing from Sugar. Mm, it's lovely. Lovely. Vocals. Lovely. Yes. Rap line vocals we are here for. So just to sort of talk about the lyrics, um, it's about someone bringing out the uh, the best side of you, I suppose, mm-hmm. and you wanting to, to sort of stay like that forever. So Jimin says, when one of the first lyrics, he says, when you say that you love me, I walk above the clouds. Tell me about forever just one more time. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah. But what stood out to me, I guess, was how many references there are to like, that you'll never change, say you'll never change. And Tay says at one point, we shared something, you can't make it nothing. There's a big line in the chorus that goes, just please don't leave me. And... 
sort of had this desperation of like, yes, this brings out the best in me. This is like this lovely relationship that I have, but I'm really just desperate for it not to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe it sort of reflects that sort of the, you know, we said that the theme of the album was them sort of discovering romantic love for the first time. Mm -hmm. So, and also it's probably sort of at the start of the relationship when, you know, everything's good, but you're at the same time, you were quite like insecure about it Mm -hmm. where you're like, yes, I really, I'm really enjoying this, but also I don't know where I stand. Like I knew, I think, I think there's one line uh, that Jay says that says, just give me assurance. That's all I want. Oh, and that comes out really clearly. I think you're sort of desperately clinging on to something and you, you're just, yeah, like really, really happy, but constantly worried that it's going to change or it's going to fall apart. So yeah, that's what I got from it anyway. I think it's interesting that you said that and maybe maybe I'm being swayed by the English lyrics via the reading of the lyrics. It's interesting that you said that this relationship brings out the best in me mm. because from what my my listening, what I take from it is is that really strong like English line, which is you've got the best of me. Oh, yeah. So it's everything that I am, all of the best parts I have given yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. which I see as being given to the fandom mm-hmm. and being given to the the potential love interest yeah and therefore if that person leaves there's no good left yeah because you've got the best of me you are all you are holding yeah, yeah, all yeah. of the best parts of me and therefore if like you say it does really show that insecurity and that fear mm-hmm. but in the like love yourself journey it really highlights that I don't love myself. Yeah, I, yeah, I only yeah. love myself through the vehicle of loving yeah, yeah. you. And if you're not there, then there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing left yeah. of me. And so I think that's like a really, it's a really resonant thing, especially the early relationships when you don't have that self-assuredness. Mm-hmm. And I know I've been in that situation where I'm like, oh, I've managed to, you know, be in a relationship with this really amazing guy and he makes me so much better mm. and that is really really amazing whereas obviously relationships now I'm like actually yeah I'm amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're amazing and it's great that we're together but yeah. my value yeah is not is not derived from you and your value is not derived from me so I think it, yeah. it, it is really resonant of that mm. but like you said some of the lyrics are they're talking about dependency, right? Yeah. I'm dependent on you yeah, yeah, yeah. for love. I've sort of segued into my bit of <laughs> no, no. best of me, but I think it's really beautiful. I think best of me for me when I was listening to it, it works softly. It works when I'm walking in the street yeah. and the beat drops and then I'm like, yeah, so it goes on the gym playlist <laughs> because you're like, you're, you've got the really soft vocal and then the beat drop hits and then you're like, yes, actually, yeah. you have got the best of me and I've got the best. I mean, I'm going to be my best self yeah, yeah, yeah. in this moment. So I think mm-hmm. it just, and it's interesting that it's produced by the Chainsmokers because it is that beat drop for me that really just pushes best of me. Like, it's just such a brilliant song. It's a great song. Um, just to say sort of on what you said, because I wrote down, I think I wrote, probably wrote down more of the lyrics than you guys did, but just on what you said about sort of the lyrics showing that you haven't gone through that love yourself journey yet. Mm. JK actually says, don't speak so easily because without you, there's no me. Oh, so I think, yeah, exactly. what, you, what you said, very on point. Very on point. You understood. <laughs> me and Junie, we're on the same wavelength. Exactly, he, yeah. He puts it down, I pick it up. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's clearly a love song for Army, which talks about that relationship. But, but yeah, again, it's one that you can see sort of about a romantic relationship or it's about, you know, our relationship with them. And yeah, very good. What do you have? Uh... Oh, oh, go on. I was going to say resonant on that is 
that it comes under the the respect concept and the concept of being an idol right mm-hmm. like there's uh and i don't want to jump forward too far but there's a bit in outro uh, where rm talks about the amount of time that he's put into developing rm mm-hmm. compared to the amount of time that he's put in developing kim nam june like and that becomes really sort of I think really resonant in in this, like they're so committed to being artists and performers and idols that often that comes at the sacrifice of themselves as individuals. Yeah, I um, think that comes up later in the album. Yeah. yeah, the song in general, I've not got much for like lyrics or that or meaning, but it's just one that I always. It's nice when it comes up on shuffle and it's like, oh yeah, this song, like, and then it's you just grooving and it's it's great, but. Like you were saying, then where it's like when they release a song, like oh, what's it? When like especially in America, they're like, what's the song about? And it's like, can you ask another question that's not what's the song about? Like, listen to the song, read the lyrics. Like, don't have to ask them what song's about. Like, it's also for you to decide what it's about. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing about art, right? Like, everyone has their own interpretation, and that's why art's great. Right, should we talk about the, uh, the choreo and the performances a little bit? So, like, they haven't performed the choreo loads. Mm. I think they've done it a couple of times for the, the tour that you guys went to, Speak Yourself. They kind of just, like, jump around, don't they? Yeah, so I didn't know that Best of Me had, had choreo that. until you linked the performances. Mm-hmm. I watched the Best of Me performances on the tube today, <laughs> and they were amazing, and then I tried to replicate the, like, twirling <laughs> jump. Yeah, the spinny um, jump in the, in the chorus. That's, I picked that one up, yeah, too. Yeah, really it? terrible there's not loads in the like in the verses but they don't sing loads in the choruses so mm-hmm. they like that allows for like a bit of a dance break i mm. suppose oh one um, of the things that did happen when i watched the performances today is so christine has always talked about junie's vocal yes and how whenever it comes on she's like Shh, it's gonna be aaron's vocal and i i like it and i was like yes but i didn't necessarily feel the way that you feel I about it. it it gives me joy. um yeah until it went but when i watched the performance like that the very like soft gentle look yeah. on his face as he's singing really low mm. i was just like oh yeah and yeah. obviously as always when it comes to most things bts you were right well, i am always right well well we'll see you when we get to the awards the fandom, fandom is right but yeah no i also i think today the um performance made me appreciate trigger's vocals actually because mm. i've not really taken a notice to them He's talked about a lot that he doesn't feel like he's a very strong singer and he's working on it now that he maybe wants more vocal parts soon. But uh, yeah, this one's a highlight. You know, he can, he can already sing, so he doesn't need to work on it. Natasha, anything have you watched Best of Me performances? Did you watch um, I did have a look at the ones that you put on. And I definitely have a um, preference of which one out of the two that you said. Is it the muster? The one in the muster weather and the, the white. white? Yeah. And Junie's got the choker? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was mostly focused on Jimin and he's like kind and of the harness around the middle. Oh my Jesus! I'd have to look at it, but it yeah, I hope he's got like know. a cross harness on the back, and they've yeah. all got the suspenders. Sugar's actually wearing a cardigan, like a like a jumper vest, <laughs> like really, which I was like, everyone's in harnesses and Sugar's in this like fluffy well, no. <laughs> jumper. Yeah, vest. So but... I do think Best of Me should be performed more with the choreo. I think so too. Yeah, mm. it's brilliant choreo. The spinning jump, the fancy footwork, and then Jim and JK have this little solo thing that they do, just the, the two of them when they're seeing the bridge, they do this little fancy bit. It's really beautiful. I think, should we call it there yeah. for best of me? Dimple. Awesome. Let's move on to Dimple. I love Dimple. Right. So this obviously is the uh, vocal line solo from mm-hmm. the album. I wrote, it's a cute and lovely pop song. It's, it has that feel from the, the, the whole album has that feel, right? It's quite like uppy and poppy and lovely. 
RM wrote it about his own dimples. <laughs> <laughs> did write it about his own dimples? Yeah, I didn't he, know he that. did. He did. Yeah. Uh, well, he said in his live, he said he was upset that it was sung by those in the band without dimples. I did write in my notes. Dimples always remind me of Junior with his little left cheek one. He sort of said he wanted to sing the song to himself, which is interesting, I think, because obviously he did end up writing serendipity for Jimin, for Jimin to sing to Mm -hmm. himself. So obviously that that sort of thought was in his mind Mm. when he wrote about the the dimples. Anyway, it's a it's a cute song. It's not it doesn't have a massive like story, like deeper meaning Mm. type thing, but it's it's about someone who's you know smile makes them stand out because they have these dimples. Tay has the line that says you hide but only appear when you smile, which I guess you could take it to mean as sort of someone who isn't that noticeable but when they smile and the dimple sort of brings them out but then also it could be about the dimple itself right because you wouldn't you would only see it when the person smiles it reminds me of the you might know this the one direction lyric um, one of the beautiful ones oh uh, what makes you beautiful yes yeah. you don't know you're beautiful that's what makes you beautiful and i think yeah. that's similar that's how i feel when i read yeah, it. That yeah like, definitely and it's really sweet to think about like a boy or a girl or a partner like admiring things about you yeah without you even like noticing them and I think when they come into love stories those love stories are always really really beautiful very sweet yeah they do talk about a lot about the dimple being sort of dangerous or alluring or tempting or like illegal Dicker has this line that says that that smile so cruel Jin says I shouldn't have seen that cheek Jimin says what's really dangerous is only in your possession and Tay says every time I see you my heart gets dangerous jk goes you're too dangerous to live in this world so clearly it's very dangerous it's very dangerous now i so i wrote jk's you're too dangerous to live in this world as well Uh and so one of the poems she linked is dimple followed on to pi piper yeah and when i listened to dimple and i i already knew the lyrics for pi piper but when i listened to dimple and i read the lyrics i was like seriously jk like you're gonna like i'm the dangerous one (laughs) and you're gonna follow this up with the lyrics in pied piper where you're like i'm the dangerous one yeah um so i thought that was really contrasted about what's coming up like this is where they're talking about like oh this person's really dangerous Mm -hmm. for me and then in the next thing that comes up it's about how dangerous they are for them so i thought they worked really well yeah the lyrics were really contrasting about both sides of the story yeah i hadn't thought that actually yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, and then obviously there's the chorus, which brings the iconic that dimple is legal. So I call you a, a legal, which I love. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's fine. <laughs> I don't love it. I think it's fine. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> to be honest, I've like not actually read the lyrics properly until so when I think you mentioned it in group chat and not you like you spelt it that way and I'm like what? <laughs> and then I read it like oh okay cool. Like yes. your ear always assumes that it might be Korean, right? But there's often times when I don't hear yeah. the English words Same. as yeah. English words. I hear them as <laughs> Korean sounds. Yeah. And I know, like the fifth time is or the fifteenth time you might be like, oh right, this is what they're saying. So yeah, definitely. The one is like um DNA when the, not DNA, but dynamite when the like teaser came out and everyone thought Tay were like saying fucking so. You're you're fucking so. Right. So uh oh, wait, no, I've got one more. Right gone um so there's a really so a dimple's quite upbeat yes in general and you get the yeah. um bits but it's sort of as you get towards the end there's a bit where v and jimin like whisper their next 
line. At first, it's just V. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, V. And then <laughs> it's followed by Jimin. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why are these two boys with, like, it, when it's in my ear, I'm like, why are they, like, all of a sudden just whispering to Is me? Is it the bridge? It's the, it might yeah. be the bridge, yeah. And it, that's just really, I really noticed that. And after mm. I noticed that, it really added, like, another level to the song because I'm, like, waiting for the beat to drop. Yeah. And then I'm waiting for the whisper. Beautiful. Um, it really is. I had that on so note for my performance, actually, when Taylor sings, like, he sings that little, like, slow bit of the bridge and then he, like, always looks up and then mm. he does, like, the sultry stare that he does. He does that better than anyone, I'm sorry. Oh. But he just does. Um, he does do it better than anyone, I think. Yeah. Other things that I had from the choreo is obviously the cheek tapping, the dimple, and then the big hip thrusts. When they sat down, they're like kneel yeah. on one knee with the foot up, and then it's a really big thrust. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really, really a highlight. It's and also they go like when they sing the go, they sort of go down one by one, oh, but it fits beautiful. in with the little like like vocalization. It's great, and then they do the hip thrust all together. Yeah, it's, so, uh, it's, so a it's, it's a good day. I wrote about the performance in my notes. Jimmy's body roll to the line, your, is a, your existence alone is a crime, is a crime. Yes. Like, that is one of the best body rolls I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's, like, from Jimin. Like, I watched the one that you'd link, like, six or seven times, just re-watching that one little clip of Jimin doing the body roll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's criminal. It's a good one. It's a leap. Um, also, I, I realised I didn't say who wrote this song, so RM's the only one that was involved with writing this, as in the only BTS member. They also had a couple of American songwriters, like, mm. help them on this one, and they produced it as well. But that's, that's why I didn't say it was only RM. Right, are we happy with Dimple? Happy with Dimple. Big fan. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's time. Oh, it's time. time. <laughs> we do Pipe Piper. I'm not ready. <laughs> so I'll do my little intro. Pipe Piper. It was written by RM Sugar, J Hope, Hitman Bag, and P Dog, and it was produced by P Dog. Yeah, it's um stands out for his its slow disco groove, according to the uh, reviewers. So yeah, it's, it's fun. But I think you have a special affinity to Pipe Piper, don't you? I yeah. do. I you tagged me in Pi Piper. Yeah. Um, and for anyone that's sort of new or think about it, oh, I've heard Pi Piper before. Pi Piper should only ever be watched with lyrics. the lyrics yeah. overlaid. Without the lyrics, it overlaid in English, it is lovely. Yeah. With the lyrics, it is the most complicated feelings I've ever had mm-hmm. as a human being. <laughs> and to put that into context, I've never fangirled <laughs> before in my entire life. Uh-huh. And yet, when I was reading these lyrics and watching them perform, I felt hot and then embarrassed about how like much it was impacting me. And it, But then it didn't stop me from watching it over and over and over and over and over again. So ultimately, Pied Piper is a song dedicated to Army, right? It's a song about how easy it is to become addicted. Yes. (laughs) Addicted and obsessed and about the potential negative ramifications of that obsession. So there's the line that goes, you know, your parents and your boss hate me from RM. And then they reference some of the video clips, the pictures, the tweets, the app, Bon Voyage. It's Mm going to take over your life. (laughs) Factual. So you're sort of getting this vibe where you're like at the start where they're like, it's taking over your life and you're feeling like, oh no, I should, you're right, I should like go mm. and study and I should go focus. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the lyrics just change, change. to like, I think I'm going to ruin you. Yeah. 
this is my reward to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You called me. I think you called me here, and I'm so sweet. And yeah. it just it just flips completely on its yeah. head, and you feel so conflicted wrote, and you're so drawn in. Yeah, I wrote in my notes. I was like, well, Aaron brings up all the stuff about the like your boss and your friend hate me, and blah blah blah. Shows concern for Aaron and how much time they sort of spend on this. The other members show no such concern. They no, show no, no. concern. Um, <laughs> They're just very much like, yeah, yeah, come with me. This come. is going to be great. I'm going to ruin you. Yeah, great. I also wrote that this is in your endoville galore. The line from RM is, which really sort of resonated with me because of where I was at in my journey. And it's starting to be my only, you know, hobby and pastime was there. It's not just one hour. It's a whole year yeah. that will disappear. <laughs> I so that this too. song is a reward I'm giving to you. Yeah. Um, there's also a bit where they and they do this in the couple songs, I think. But when Sugar starts his bitch, he goes like, Sugar. which is yeah. So that where he just breathes. I yeah. remember listening to it like four or five, like seven, eight, nine, ten times. And it was on like the tenth time, and he was like, Sugar. And I was like, what is that? Where is that coming from? And then he goes into his rap. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, hedonistic. I know it. Really hedonistic is. song. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, what are your thoughts, Nash? Well, I've got a total opposite yeah. bin. Oh, go on. Tell us. Because mm. you all see it as being like, yeah, you're like sucked in, stuff like that. But like, there is like a perspective from being BTS of being like, do you know what a sassang is? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the crazy fans. Yep. Yeah, so for every idol, you always get the sassang. Like recently with JK, someone ringing his hotel room. So like... Although we see it as like, oh my god, the sea that we like, we're following them and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, but it's too much. You literally, you're watching everything I do. You know where I am at every time. It's you're looking at me and taking like so involved in my life that you literally just you don't have a life. Mm. What it's saying, so it's like a lot of people will just see it as like, oh yeah, the lovers like they've been researching it, but really it's like them kind of saying please like stop don't oh really it. you don't yeah you get that from the first verse but what about from the second verses yeah i think they're just like they're then being like hmm kind of trying to twist it but it's <laughs> like when they have to mention that they're on a like they're having like a break personal break and it's like you you don't need to tell a fan to not go to his mum's house and take pictures of his like family and stuff like that and it's like yeah. That's common sense, but yeah, there's people that are that in love with him. But then, is it that the industry have done that to obviously engage more, so they're more connected? But then it's like, I think one of the things that you do get within the army fandom that you don't get very much anywhere else is just mass amounts of content. Mm. Like there's there's so much content, and they give so much yeah. that an entitlement to their privacy is is completely valid yeah exactly. um and that's where i think it becomes really it can be really complicated because it's like i've given you 95 percent of my time yeah, like okay. i want five percent back mm-hmm. whereas i think a lot of other artists it's very much a i've given you five percent i'll yeah. keep 95 percent yeah i mean i think that's interesting because i i think in in rmsv live he also said that he sort of thought that he sort of compared it to Best of Me and he said like Best of Me is like a lovely like song for Army whereas this is more of a like a fun take basically mm. he said but he said that he was worried that his verse would offend some Army oh really but so maybe that is kind of what you were getting at Natasha where he's like it's too much it's it's a little like well maybe he's trying to call out the ones that, that take it too far maybe mm. I don't know I think it were around this time that 
they were doing like a lot of concerts in America to the point where they were like someone sent or said they were gonna send Jimmy a dead pig. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So like oh, it might have been for wings or something, but like there were like a big like security breach and like everyone was, like, Oh my god, this is happening like just to let you know something could happen at this like concert and mm-hmm. women's been getting this and so I guess it is just like a Yeah, I guess they're kind of acknowledging both. Yeah, the fandom because obviously they clearly really love their fans. Like, yeah, clearly they yeah. love their fans. But like, yeah, there's such a thing as sort of not not taking it too far, which I think Arms Birth kind of gets at. Even though you might you might choose to see it as like a warning, or you might choose to see it as just him having a bit of fun. Because he said in the Be Live as well, he was like, "Well, my sister's friends and like my my friends and everyone and the fan letters and stuff tell me that they like analyze our music videos mm. and stuff." And like, I was just thought that was funny. So, so yeah. Um, so what's your historical research? My historical research tells me, I mean, I, I think most people will have heard of the Pied Piper because it's quite famous, mm-hmm. but essentially it is a German folktale called mm-hmm. the Pied Piper of Hamelin. And it reads like this. In the 13th century, there was a piper wearing a pied or a multicolored robe. And he promised to get rid of all the rats that they were having in this town of Hamelin in Germany. So the mayor promises the piper money if he succeeds, and he does, but the town then refuses to pay him because all he did was play the flute. And they were like, that wasn't that hard, we don't need to pay you for, for that, basically. So as revenge, the piper hypnotizes the town's children with his flute and then takes them away, never to be seen again. And um, Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're hypnotizing, they're hypnotizing us, with us their and taking us away. From our they? parents. Well, with their, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> our poor parents. <laughs> We've been kidnapped. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I found that there's a there's a Disney short about this from 1933 where the children are taken to a uh, joyland or a paradise. Okay. So they talk about, ah, yeah. um, I'm your paradise. Just close your eyes. Apparently, originally, the children were either like drowned or like locked in a mountain or something. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, it's unclear which one they're going with, but I'm thinking it's the paradise. One. <laughs> it's the paradise one. Yeah. Looking, you know, they're not luring us to our death. No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Arm did say that it's a, it's a fun thanks to the fans for their dedication as opposed to the heartfelt thanks of best of me. Nice. So, um, so yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, does it end with, um, you can't escape. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well. You can't escape never. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's where I live. That's This is also factual, yeah. We'll be here when we're like, we're in the bank township for life. They're aware. So yeah, but I was going to say, there's a lot, not a lot of choreo. They kind of just like stare. Mm, I don't know which one. Uh, well, when we link it, we'll yeah. say which one. I think it might actually be the muster clip. Um, they do a little bit of choreo on the chorus. Okay. Right, should we move on? Mm-hmm. So next one is the billboard skit. We're not going to discuss it loads, but it's obviously really, really, really important, like a moment for for K-pop Beautiful. in general, really, and for BTS. So it's the first time a K-pop band has won the US award. The award they won is Top Social Artist at the Billboard Music Awards in 2017. Fan so, voted, yeah, fan voted. And Arm does a speech, and they've included it on the album. He said in the V Live that he was really nervous, but he thought he'd done okay on stage. And he said that two of the members cried after. Said one of them was J-Hope. But and that he himself got teary eyed. <laughs> so yeah, and the first thing they do, well, the first thing he says in his speech is thank you to Army. So mm. that was cute. Well, he said thank you to our fandom Army, which I thought was really, <laughs> yeah, I think it was really well done because it describes it to to the American to audience. the American audience. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's cute. And then I made a note that this year for the Billboard Music Awards, they were nominated in seven categories. So mm-hmm. that's that's more. And that Billboard have removed the social category. 
Have I? Yeah. So Billboard don't have the uh, social category anymore. Um, they've said they're taking a break from it while they reassess how to assess it. And some of the fans have said that that may be because BTS have won it so many times now yeah. and they want to even the playing field to other artists because of the vastness of ARMY. Well, we can't help that we're just they've just got more fans. Um, I'm sorry. I, I only wrote one line about the skit, which was, you need the skit to recover mentally, emotionally and physically for the step change of my crop. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fine, yeah. Sure, it does that too. And that's because of me coming down from my high up high piper. I need a minute. And it, it does it marks the, the sort of change point in the album that's now. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um thoughts on the skit mash? Like it were a very vivid memory to go back to the top short social artists to like be voting every day. And yeah. like, <laughs> you were allowed like so many maximum votes a day so I'd literally be like log on one account do that click it click it and I'd literally be training me on that I don't even need to look at it and I'm like da, 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 da. someone's done like a like a tally chart of being like this is what B- Justin Bieber's got this is what VCS have got we need to keep going keep going and then yeah. it like one day it just went boom and it was like done like too far to like even catch up so it was just like, yeah mm. Amazing. Yeah, they were up against big names. It was like Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, Ariana. Um, right, should we move on? Mic drop. Yes. Um, so Mic Drop was written by RM, J Hope, Hitman Bang, P Dog, Supreme Boy, and it was produced by P Dog as well. Leanne, why don't you tell us your thoughts on Mic Drop? No, I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> tell you my thoughts. I think the highlight of Mic Drop for me <laughs> is not actually in Mic Drop. Okay. It's and we'll link it in the description. It's a really short video of Yeotan. 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 Tay's dog. Tay's dog. Yeah. Doing the choreo. Small <laughs> mic drop. And Hobie's holding him and he's making him do the little like... Yeah. Uh, Did you see my bag? <laughs> Did you see my bag? And he drops him forward and he drops him back and he drops him forward and he drops him back. And that video lives, it lives rent free in my head yeah. constantly. Like mic drop is a brilliant song, brilliant choreo brilliant video mm-hmm. this i can't recommend enough um yeah. this video to bring just eternal joy yeah if ever you're feeling down you need to search j-hope <laughs> yontan yontan yeah mic drop dance yeah 20 seconds of your life that you will not regret <laughs> it's a really good one um can confirm right so mic drop as a song uh, i guess it sort of brings us back to bts's hip-hop roots mm-hmm. so they are a hip-hop group or started out as one anyway and it's clever how they put it just after the billboards game where they obviously won an award and it's all about you know their bag full of awards. yeah exactly their bag full of trophies clever clever um so yeah it's obviously kind of like a flexing to the haters that they have um rm said in his v live that he gets questions by fans a lot and about how they should respond to people who sort of hate for no reason um and he said that sort of inspired the song then he went on this like long journey of reflecting on negative constructive criticism and blah 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 blah. then he said you know if they're just hating for no reason then you know they can live their lives and that that's fine but that's sort of what inspired it I guess each rapper sort of has a chance to sort of do their little baggy bit. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the chorus, the chorus that's full of the, the bag full of trophies. Mm-hmm. And then JK says, so many trophies in my hands, too heavy, my hands aren't enough. So that's obviously why they need the bag. Which I need the bag, yeah. yeah. I can't carry them all. Can't I carry the all the trophies, yeah, exactly. Jimin says, he's too busy, my one body isn't enough. And uh, my haters are already given up. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's fun. That's the chorus. Um, so I wrote a little note for each of the rappers' verses. Oh. So Hobie obviously starts out, um, and he says, um, "When I grab the mic, I beat them who got golden spoons." If you know their catalog, then that's a reference to their song "Bepsi." Mm, silver spoon. Um, silver spoon, um, which I think silver spoon is more of a Western term in Korea that they tend to say golden spoon. I think. Mm. But obviously, they're sort of talking about how they can use their talent to surpass the people who have the uh, the privilege. And then he says about being the center of world business, first on the casting list, and concerts sold out. They're a big deal by this point. Um, Sugar's verse, he uh, has the uh, the line where he says, I thought I was going down, but I'm fine, sorry. Which I originally <laughs> thought was, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I thought it was one, two in German, like throw out a reference to German army. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, it's not that. <laughs> it's not I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, Q, we're not going to be able to unhear that now. But, uh, yeah. And then he goes, sorry, worldwide. Sorry. Well, sorry, sorry, billboard. Sorry, worldwide. Sorry, mom, your son's too hot. So, yeah, I mean, I think I read somewhere that people have suggested it's about his parents not supporting him, but mm. I don't really think that it's what it is because it's kind of out of character for him to yeah. sort of throw shade at his parents. Um, yeah, and we saw the video of the performance where his parents were there and yeah, him in the too. crowd and yeah. he does the full floor bow and then yeah, starts crying. Right. Like, I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. No. Also, I mean, I've seen there was a... I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was a, there was an interview he did where he sort of said, "Yeah, well, my obviously my parents sort of didn't really understand hip hop because they're a whole an older generation, and I can perfectly understand why they wouldn't want me to be a rapper because it's such a, like a mm-hmm. an unstable profession, and obviously, yeah, you have to be really good, which thankfully he is to uh, to succeed. So, uh, so yeah, I'm happy that he went down his own route, but yeah, I don't think that's what it is. Um, anyway, and then he says, "You're a tasteless little ratatouille," which you know, <laughs> Chef Minyungi, that's that's what he brings. He he will know. He knows how to how to cook. He cooks all. The, if you've seen Bon Voyage, you know he's the chef of the group. So, uh, so in Aram's verse, he brings up Aesop's Fables. Mm-hmm. You know, another yep. literary reference from Aram. Genius boy. Yeah. So he obviously talks mm. about all the countries that they go to and being on the mountain on the bay, and yeah. and then he says, "Mike, drop in is the end of his rap." And I think that one of the fables that it's referring to is the toss and the hair. Okay. Which is all about obviously the toss and the hair is the one yeah. where. They're both running a race and the hair sets off and gets too tight to finish, whereas the tortoise goes really slow and ends mm. up winning the race. Yeah. And that's sort of reflective of BTS's rise to stardom. And so, yeah, so it's very um, reflective of their rise to fame and the sort of slow and steady but hard working approach. Yeah. So they didn't have like a very, you know, big, massive blow up debut like a hair. It was all very slow and steady and organic, and ultimately now they're winning that race. Yeah, that's, that's a, interesting. I've never a strong, that. a strong reference there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, he said that he also wrote the bridge, and that's sort of the bit that he sort of wanted to get out of the song. But he said J-Hope and Supreme Boy sort of were the brains behind Mic Drop. But yeah, the bridge goes like, no need to see each other ever again. This is my last goodbye. Nothing more to say. Don't even apologize. And I thought yeah. maybe... It links, you know, we all, the other day at the concert, he sort of said about the people who've been hating on the Grammys mm. and sort of recently he's kind of said, and he said this in the V-Live as well, he doesn't sort of think that you need to afford haters a lot of time. No. Um, and that was sort of, you know, sitting around hating on the Grammys, probably it's a waste of your time because you're not going to be able to go back in time and give them the award. Mm. So, like, yeah, I think. It's not so much what, what I took from the, the speech was not so much don't give time to the haters. Mm. It was almost 
like don't take the time don't take the time to yeah. be a hater yeah that's like what, you that's can what be I mean. yeah you can be our fan and, and lovers and you don't have to hate on everything yeah. that's not about us because exactly. we don't hate it yeah yeah that's it but also i guess he's sort of saying that the, the people who sort of take time to, to hate on us are also kind of wasting their their time. breath and their time yeah mm-hmm. exactly um because hater's gonna hate he's gonna hate place gonna play hey live a life man <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I was going to say that and then yeah. I forgot. So yeah, <laughs> glad you brought it up. It took me ages to hear the good luck, by the way. Like I didn't hear it for so much. Like I listened to the song probably like 50 times and I never heard him say good luck. Oh. And then someone said it, I think, in a, like an explainer or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, he does say good luck. When you said it to me, I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, uh, really, really good. Your thoughts on the uh, song? Thought. I definitely remember the Steve Aoki version more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more I'm... significant because of like the English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Comment that you read on it, like underneath was something like, "Oh my god, I thought my Korean was so good. I was like, oh my god, I went through so much." And then you realize it's actually in English, and you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's about it. Um, personally, I don't. It was like me and my friend in college. Um, she was someone who liked like a that type of music more. Yeah. yeah, I think a bit that does stick up though is the, um, is it Jin Jungkook and V with like do do do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do the like pointing, the pointing, yeah, bringing pointing together. and bringing it together. Yeah, yeah. That one's like a key part in it that I'd probably like is my favorite like part of the song. Yeah. And they perform it a lot. There's a lot of performances out there. Of yeah. Mic Drop. There's so many out there. They did it at the, what was it, one of the American shows? Was it the Late, Late Show? Them, I think, but SNL, they did it. It's a real yeah. beauty to get some performances of in the choreos. Well, it's, I guess it's because it, it sort of included a Stevie Oki as the sort of American producer. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a strong song altogether, but um, it got a bit of airplay, I think, mm. when it came out. I've heard people say that they heard it on the radio and like in gyms and stuff. Oh, it's good. Um, good yeah, well, not the OG version, but the Stevie Oki version. Which are, actually, the music video for the Stevie Oki version only came out a couple months after, like in November, uh, whereas her came out in August, not oh, September. Right. It's September. not that far away. Yeah, it wasn't far away, but we didn't get the remix on the album until Answer. Perfect. Right, should we uh, move into the music video? Yeah. Talk about it briefly. I think I wrote, I think it's the dance I know the best because mm. of the sheer number I've seen this music video. Obviously, help me. I mentioned at the start, I helped me pick my bias, but it's just really beautiful. It always comes video. off. It, well, beautiful, maybe not the word that I'd use, but it's really cool. Like, yeah, cool. And they all look beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's very swaggy. It's Bomber Jacket Score, Bandana Heaven, like loads. I think a few of them have bandanas. Yeah, Floating like, cars. Yeah. Uh, baggy t-shirts, the bucket hats. Mm. Um, oh, we have them on the shrine. We have the mic drop choreo. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, we have our mic drop uh, tiny tan pants. But, uh, but yeah, it's sort of set in a, like an interrogation room type mm-hmm. thing, like a press conference. It's in, I think it's in an interrogation room. It also kind of looks like a press conference. And uh, and yeah, I also wrote down that we get Min Chung again because that's always a good day. I watched a compilation today of every time that Sugar has tossed the mic. Yes. Or dropped the mic, because he drops them at the end of every performance. Yeah. And when I was trying to decide my favourite performance, I was like, there's definitely one that I've seen where he, like, flicks the mic. Yeah. So rather than just hold his hand out and drop it, he, like, flicks it, and it, like, rolls down the stage, and he's got, like, so much, like, swag in his face, and all the boys have walked off, and then he turns, and I'm just like, 
wow yeah i um, read that down. that's the one in the bag of jackets yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really strong performance we'll link, we'll also link the clip of all of the times that she <laughs> yeah uh, throws the mic i want to watch this i haven't seen this yet yeah, but i'm gonna 100 gonna watch it in the V Live, Arm said that they'd sort of talked to the choreographer about who was going to do it out mm. of the rappers, and he was because he was like, "Well, the the vocalists they wear the like headsets, so they couldn't do it." And then uh, so he, he he was like, "Well, the choreographer said it should be like either you as an RM or mm. or Yungi. but he was like, "Well, Yungi wasn't there at the time, and I really wanted it to be me, but I wasn't confident." So then I was like, it's, it's, "Yeah, Yungi can do it." Oh, <laughs> yeah, so RM gave it to Yungi. Yeah. Well, that's what he made it sound like anyway. But yeah, he was like, yeah, I think he he has that swagger. He can pull off stuff like that. He does a great job. It's a good day. And then we have the mic drop dance move as well, which is like the little like hand flick thing that they do uh, when they sort of step over. And uh, yeah, it's cool. I love the, yeah, the bit with the like flying about that first bit when Yugi's doing his rap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he sort of goes like down and then all the other members kind of like bounce off in the air, I think. It's, Ooh. yeah. That's nice. That is nice. I think cool. there is a performance as well where the, um, I don't know whether if it's like his in-ear piece is like not working well mm-hmm. and he like he doesn't say the last bit and people are like that's just to show that like they're not lip syncing. Yeah, yeah. 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 RM, RM comes in and does the last line, doesn't he? I've seen that. Yeah, people say it's like, oh, it's him being like fuck you haters again, even though songs that's what it's about. But then yeah. also the people are like, no, nah, no, nah, it's just his ear. It's just his ear thing he couldn't hear. Right, yeah. should we go-go? <laughs> should we go-go to go-go? <laughs> right, um, go-go. Go-go was written by... So none of the members had any involvement with this, actually. It was I can just tell. P-Dog, Hitman Bang, and Supreme Boy. And P-Dog produced it. And it has a bit of a, like, a Latin vibe. Mm. It's a bit of a funny one, because I think from the lyrics, you can sort of take it as critical towards young people, like, spending their money on nothing. But it's not really. It's sort of getting at the society that forces young people to sort of spend like there's no future and obviously that's kind of a really like it's a really big message to be fair because like with everything that we're seeing from like climate reports and everything like that we might actually not have a future I don't think that's what they're getting at but like Mm. um interesting but um I think what they're getting at is RM's called kind of called it a follow-up to Pepsi oh um you know obviously they talk about the older generation maybe sort of having had it a little bit easier in terms of having secured the better jobs and the better houses and things like that. And they have a big problem with there not being a lot of sort of housing in Korea, mm. I think. And, and the, the housing, Yeah, exactly. And the, the housing being really, and houses being really difficult to sort of find that, that are affordable. So, uh, so yeah, Bepse also talks about sort of how the old generations are very much like, oh, well, you should just work harder and work harder and work harder. And they're like, well, I, I literally can't work any harder. Like, that's just, it's, it's not, I'm never going to get there. And for me, putting um, in the same amount of, if I put in the same amount of work that you put in, I get out a lot less. Exactly. Because yeah. the reality of capitalism is you've already taken that for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. The whole baby boomer, the millennial. Yes. Gen Z. Definitely. So young people have, low expectations um i said this in a in an interview with billboard but he said uh, young people have such low expectations and standards and there's so much economic hardship and it's very difficult to sort of get to a place where you, where you can earn enough money to start sort of spending it wisely or on like on buying a house potentially so like things like collecting or skincare or food or like splashing out on food and things like that that like eventually isn't you know maybe not the most meaningful uh, it's become so sort of the only luxury that 
young people are able to afford themselves. And you get within that the collecting of BTS merch, yeah. going to the concerts, <laughs> like dedicating all of your money to the fandom. In it's sort of the in light of short term experiences mm-hmm. as opposed to investing for the long term. For the future, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, which is really difficult, right? Because it's it's a really upbeat song. It is, yeah. And he said about Yolo culture being like a big thing in Korea, but he sort of said it, it. He doesn't feel like it's a choice for young people, but sort of rather something that society and the societal structures have set up as their only outlet, basically. He said the brutal reality forces young people to live and spend as if there's no future. Oh. So, uh, so yeah, I think lyrics-wise, it's interesting how they sort of switch up dollar dollar with dalio dalio which mm. means run in korean but yeah you sort of get really sort of get the feeling of the like chasing the money basically yeah, yeah. chasing sort of, the money yeah chasing the money and then chase, using the money to sort of chase the high and then that's sort of an internal like cycle people cycle that you can't really escape mm. and uh it's like the rat race right so yeah. you're you're stuck in the rat race and mm. because the rat race exists you have to be racing ultimately yeah exactly. um, but because you're in the rat race you're also a rat and you can't escape that there's no option yeah ultimately yeah like it's i, I feel like it, it resonates it, yeah it resonates like i yeah i relate to this song um search free and still not a homeowner yeah yeah i resonate <laughs> yeah um yeah so j-hope's in his verse says i want to be cruising on the bay i want to be cruising like nemo which is another literary reference to a book called Twenty Thousand leagues beneath the sea by jules Byrne. And it's about a mysterious scientist who lives in a submarine and oh, sort cool. of hides from the realities of the corrupted society. So it's sort of up on the shore. Um, so that's interesting. Um, Jin has a line that says, there's already a mortgage on my future, which I thought was relatable. Very relatable. Yeah. And then I love V's bit when he goes like, where my money? Yeah. Where the party? Yeah. My week goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, gold, gold, gold. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that about the week. Definitely, it's how we um, live. Yeah, um, especially living in London as well. Like, yeah, if you're gonna go out on the weekend, you can't go out without no. dropping a lot of dollar. Exactly. Yeah, you sort of yeah, you're chasing that high on the weekend. That's mm. what you live for, basically. And you pay for the lifestyle, and the lifestyle in the short term costs you the mortgage in the long term. Exactly. And uh, yeah, RM says we're too young to just worry, which I guess kind of is the essence of the song. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Korean title of the song is Go Min Buddha Go, which translates to just go instead of worrying. Oh, right. So that is quite different to go, 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 yeah. Mm. So it kind of gives you much more of a, a hint as to what the song is about, I think. But yeah, I think that's it from my interpretation of the lyrics. Mm. Um, I think the performances are nice. Yeah. I think Go Go goes really well in one of the medleys. But it's... yeah, it really fits in that where they're just sort of jumping around, being silly. Yeah. Yolo, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's really um, cool. I think it fits within that. Um, but actually, even though it is fun, it does have some. Yeah, depth. definitely. Um, I think the complexity of the song is not knowing if it's critical on young people spending mm-hmm. too much money or critical on the societal norm of capitalism and people being forced to spend money in the shops because there's nothing long term. It's definitely the latter, I think. And, but I, I had that too when I was a bit like, mm, I just, yeah, I don't love that. There's like seven multimillionaires telling me how to spend my money. Yeah. It's a little jarring. That's how I but felt when you, uh, when you get that sort of deeper meaning, which definitely, definitely is there, because obviously he said, like Aram said it in the Billboard interview, mm. um, it becomes much more like, oh yeah, this is a song I can get on board with. Yeah. Yeah. 
I linked uh, to you guys a couple of performances mm-hmm. where they do the choreo. Yeah. And I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. The choreo is so good on this one. They the do the little in. flossing. Yeah. The soldier boy. It's quite silly. Um, yeah, so there's flossing, there's the soldier boy, like Superman jump thing, <laughs> and they do a bit of hotline playing. <laughs> they do this little head bob thing where they go, like, I can't do it, but it's um, very cute. point at their head and, like, bob it side to side. Yeah, they mim- mimic the lyrics a lot. Like, when J- uh, J-Hope talks about, like, eating sushi, he's like... <laughs> Mimicking eating sushi. Like a uh, like chicken noodle soup. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Nemo bit as well when it's like Nemo. They all go like that. Bit. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, the little fish. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. And I, I think the dance is very like, it was like one of the first dance to like, obviously after Gangnam style. Yeah. Mm. Next song to be like, wow, like that's like everyone were doing it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really like the performances. I think my favorite bit is. I mean, I think he's probably trying to get at the double meaning, but today when he performs it, he has this, like, completely, like, stone face, mm-hmm. straight face on it, because, like, J-Hope kind of smiles, and, like, they all kind of do it to an extent. But today when he performs it, he's, like, jumping around, doing all these silly dances, and he's just, like, completely it's oh, serious really? the entire time, yeah. And it's he has his own little bit when he goes, like, where my money at, where the party at, and blah, 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 and he's sort of jumping around behind all the other members, and the other members sort of crouch down so you can see him. And then he goes back the other way and they sort of follow him back. Mm-hmm. And he's just incredibly silly. And he wears these like overalls and it's very, very happy cute. and cute. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's fun. Should we leave it there? Go, go. Yeah. Right. Okay. So should we talk about After Her? Mm-hmm. So After Her, written by Sugar RM J-Hope, Slow Rabbit. And it was produced by Sugar and Slow Rabbit, actually. Oh, so wow. Well, well, good for you, Shooks. Yeah, he wrote that sort of the beat behind it. Um, went on about it in his EV Live. He said that he was like, yeah, there's a beat that Sugar wrote. It's just so good. Like, oh. you know, yeah, really good. It's kind of reflecting their sort of old school hip hop interest, I think. It's mm-hmm. more the one that does that the best. It's an interesting song because it's, you know, it's a rap line solo. They sort of tell a story. I hadn't really looked into this one much before I did this and I was like blown away because I've always liked the song it's like an upbeat rap but like the lyrics not so upbeat <laughs> no the lyrics are no. quite sad no yeah the lyrics are quite sad you obviously have the uh the chorus where they bring up all the the titles of the other album so it's sort of foreshadowing I guess you have the uh Wonder which is the short film and then Answer which is the big album at the end and then her mm-hmm and here, so, uh, so yeah, that's cool. I think the whole song is about finding, having found this person who you sort of really love, but you sort of reflect on them not seeing the real you. Mm. Um, this person that you love, but you can't be yourself around. Yeah, exactly, because you don't think that you're deserving of their love or you're afraid mm-hmm. that if you're yourself, then mm-hmm. they're not going to love you anymore. So you've sort of become this sort of masked or changed person to make this her of the story, like, love Love you you. yeah and be happy and yeah they all sort of talk about how they're sort of changing themselves for this other person so that you know because i love you so much and i want to be what you want me to be for you and that makes you happy basically but also the jewel references the i am this idol Mm -hmm. for army the fan base but what does that what does that mean for me as i build that person up i build up these characteristics of myself yeah that people are responding to yes but are they me it really reminded me of the episode of in the soup that one of the boats that they're like steering gets like stuck in the lake and aram 
ends up like trying to get it and he's like almost at the edge of the the lake and he's really struggling mm. he ends up getting it out and then there's a like a reflection where he says because I knew the cameras were rolling because it's we're filming for in the soup I thought I need to jump into this lake because that'll be amazing that'll be good content, content. Yeah. it'll create such great content and it'll be really fun and funny for army sure, yeah. but then also I realized that if I did that that's not me because that's not what I would do I'd be doing it to put on a show Mm. and the show is about me and my natural environment so I had this real like conflict within myself as I was trying to decide do I perform for you or do I present my authentic self yeah and I feel like out of her really yeah it does really represents that yeah I think that comes through a lot I think the first two rappers verses kind of seem about the sort of romantic love of everything. Mm-hmm. But then J-Hope's verse definitely is about, about being an idol. Skin, yeah, yeah, about being an idol. So, yeah, Arms Verse, he um, starts off by sort of reflecting on where he was before he sort of found this. And he says, oh, I didn't really be- even believe in true love. And he says, but I found myself. But I don't know which one is the real me. Mm. And then he says this really beautiful line, which says, did you figure out I'm a book after I met you? Or did you just turn my page? That one's really and good line. Do you know when I told you I heard something? Yeah. That was really beautiful. Yeah. At the end of that line, did you figure out that I'm a book after I met you? Or did you just turn a page at second 40 to 42? There's a turning of a book page noise. Oh, not really? In the back. <laughs> really? Yeah. So as soon as he says it, there's like a noise of a turning of the page and I was just like you genius genius boy you absolute genius that is so oh that is so well done so clever I've never noticed that really set off yeah 40 seconds 42 seconds he goes on to sort of talk about who he's going to be for this her yeah how he swore to himself that he was going to be the man that he that this person wanted and he says something I thought was really really beautiful foreshadowing to the next part of the era which is when faith glove comes in when he says i don't care if it's a fake me if you hold me mm. yeah really clever um rm said he wrote the verse in 20 minutes wow. 20 30 minutes of course so it did. really yeah <laughs> and sugar's verse he starts out with a lot of oppositions where he sort of acknowledges mm. different sides to him he says maybe i'm your love and your hate your heaven and your hell your pride and embarrassment I saw it as he saw him sort of apologising for having the different sides to him, really. And the line, which is, this is how I am, do I deserve your love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which opens. Yeah, exactly. And then he goes into quite a lot of detail about sort of the effort that he goes through to hide parts mm. of himself. Yeah. Where he says, I can't ever take this mask off because I'm not the guy you know under this mask. So yeah, clearly he's sort of changing himself. And he says, make up to wake up, dress up, mask on to become the guy who loves you. And I quit what I used to love for you. I put on clothes I hate, excessive makeup, because your laughter and your happiness is the scale of my happiness. So because like this person's happiness gives him so much joy, then or I guess you can see it as like Army's happiness. Yeah. And I think it's reflective of the stylists, the stylists yeah. and the looks and the prep. Like the look is designed for them mm-hmm. and you go out and you yeah. you wear that look and that's what it is and that's what you've committed to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then he says this final line, which is sort of blurred out, where he says, I hope you don't know this part of me. Mm. Like this part that's sort of revealing all the different parts to him. Yeah, so yeah, really beautiful. Really beautiful. I should have it here at Sugar's Forest, I must admit. <laughs> and then you have... Oh, J-Hope. J-Hope's verse. I wrote J-Hope's lyrics are somehow the saddest because of all of his brightness. Yeah. I hate it when J-Hope's down. I know. I can't, I can't cope. Like, in there's that episode of Run where Obi's like, oh, my biggest failure is that I'm sad when I'm around my parents and it oh. makes them worry. And I was like, what do you mean? 
know. How can you be unhappy, Hilda? There was a lot in this one, I thought. He says, just like always, mask on, I'm your star, I shine as, as if nothing's wrong, which I thought that was like a really, well, that also sort of opened my understanding of the song being like, actually, probably this is about them being idols and the fans and stuff, because mm-hmm. Hobie, he definitely takes on that vibe. He isn't that person that's sort of happy-go-lucky all the time, but mm. that's how we know him, because that's how he's like when they do the content and he's, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a the bit after I take the mask off, the next line, which is lost star, yeah, I'm yeah, laying yeah. down my burdens, enjoying the darkness. There's no light to shoot at me as if it's killing me. Yeah. And I think that's really resonant of some of the stuff that we know from Young Forever, which is when I'm performing, I feel very differently to when I'm not. Yeah. And when I'm not, there's like a sense of sadness and a sense of darkness because performing so high. Adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what does that mean if I'm so sad when I'm not performing, but when I'm performing, I'm not me? Mm. So you actually, you never yeah, win. Because you when you're performing, you're not yourself. Yeah. And when you're not performing, you're unhappy because you're not performing. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And then he talks about in the middle, he talks about taking the mask off on the moments where he should shine the most. I don't know if he means like when he's sort of by himself or mm. whether he means sort of when he's with his own like friends and family, when he should be sort of being himself. And then he says, I'm laying down with my burdens. I'm enjoying the darkness. But that's sort of when he feels like he's not shining, when he's not being our star and our hope, mm. which must be a lot of pressure. So then he goes on about sort of how he's sort of changing himself for this love, where he says, love makes a person crazy, substituting myself mm. to be the most for uh, you who is my everything. With your existence, I yeah. find a new meaning and the night shines. Yeah, yeah. Very Beautiful. pretty, very pretty. Yeah. And he said, now I know even after the darkness to me, you are the mornings. He does a good job at sort of making up for it. Yeah. Or like giving us the reason why he's sort of behaving like this. And yeah, I think it provides a fitting end to the album. Although we know it's it's secretly not the end to the album. (gasps) (laughs) What? (laughs) Actually, with the hidden track, it's almost It leads on to the hidden, I think after her leads on to the hidden track, which leads into tear, right? That's when the, the turning point comes. I, I love it. I love it. But I love it more now that I know what it's about. More, yeah. Yes, exactly. Aaron's opening was always going to be a highlight for me. There was no way I was getting mm. away from it. And then his chorus just shines. Yeah. Um, but obviously when I read the lyrics, I was my little hobby. Yeah, your was breaking. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't I mean, cope with this. Yeah, honestly, it is, it is tough when he's sad. It's an interesting one that some of the other boys have found real sincerity within their performances yes yeah um and an ability to be their whole selves and it's interesting to think that hobie's not found that yeah he still struggles with being the characterization of himself and i think it's it's a shame that we don't see that vulnerability and range from hobie yeah but it's reflective of some of the stuff that we saw from the early days right so hobie not getting any fan letters for the first few months when he did a V Live and lots of the comments were asking for Jimmy, so he just yeah, went and I gave that too. He just went and gave Jimmy the phone. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy could do the V Live and he didn't oh. do another V Live for a year. I really enjoy now that Hobie's like really he's happy there. and is the light of it. He but is. from some of these lyrics and from some of the tidbits, I really mm-hmm. want to live in a world where Hobie is allowed to be sad and yes. we are able to love him for that sadness yeah, and death. Like we do with Sugar and Like Tay we do with and, Sugar and yeah. Tay and RM. Like I just I really want that for him and I hope yeah. that happens so should we talk about the skit hesitation and fear and they talk about 
a billboard win with Bank PD, you know, their rise to fame and some stories from pre-debut and sort of their struggles and things like that. Sugar's really deep. And Sugar's very deep in it. Yeah, he talks about how they've sort of spent all this time and put in all this work to sort of climb and climb and climb and climb. And then he says about sort of worrying that their fall is just going to be so quick. What's the line in PTD? Oh, uh, when we fall, fall, yeah, we don't have to worry because when we fall, we know how to land. Yeah, so I think that that again pulls it full circle. And I know yeah. Sugar had written about that and spoken about that. Yeah, yeah, we were so worried about falling and not knowing what to do if we if fell or we stumble. There. But now we're in a position where even if we fall, we know how to land. And yeah. we've got we've got each other and we've got the fandom and we're going to be completely fine, whatever happens. So that's mm-hmm. really nice to see that right, progression. And then they talk a little bit about, you know, there's some fun like little stories because they talk about that J-Hope didn't, he says he didn't didn't know what Billboard was before Aww. he debuted and Jimin said he didn't know what a Grammy was. He thought Grammy was a singer. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, well, they talk, to, talk about uh, how they'd only debuted when someone else sort of couldn't make it and now they were worried that they wouldn't get to debut and sort of reflect on being how important it is that they're now the only K-pop band with this sort of billboard award that they won. They talked a little bit about this showing a good image on TV and how they obviously want to always present themselves well. And they mentioned about, you know, it's it's not that it's a lie. They keep saying that, like, it isn't like we're putting on a, like a fake show. Mm-hmm. It isn't a fake us, but it's not like also is us trying to present ourselves well right like it doesn't give you all the facets it is the maintaining of that image right it's yeah the complexities around you know the first time rm swore on tour mm-hmm. and the uh taste smoking at yeah, the yeah, yeah. grammys, the grammys and yeah. the, that picture that that sense that although they can be their authentic selves there are expectations set yes. upon them exactly. and those expectations are probably greater because they're idols mm-hmm. and the levels of respect required is just so much more than yeah. you would get as a and western we yeah. artist we don't really understand it i think as we're like not from there and don't have their sort of societal expectations norms, yeah. and norms yeah and uh yeah stuff that to us maybe wouldn't seem like a big deal is like it's a big deal actually quite a big deal over there so mm-hmm. like yeah it is definitely a, a difficult balance when i went to korea like everywhere you went everyone was smoking i was so surprised that the amount of people that do smoke because obviously I had idea that like it's like shamed upon and stuff like that and then I went and literally there were so many and I'm like this is so different to like what I was thinking in that part of their life I didn't expect them to be considering they're so critical on and stuff and we did um whitewashing that can also link to it with like when they did their first like American whatever or billboard appearance or whatever the photos that people were taking you were seeing on Twitter were so, like, you could see the natural skin colour, whereas, like, most of the pictures that you see from comebacks or whatever, they're so whitewashed. And when I went, everyone were wearing, like, you walk in England, you see loads of kids have got, like, orange marks around the face. And there, it's totally opposite. They've got, like, white marks around the face. Like, it's weird how everyone just wants to be someone else. Whereas we'd love to look tanned. When my parents lived in Singapore, we'd uh, sometimes we would go and like try and find sun lotion or whatever in the stores, and it was really hard to find anything without whitening in it. Oh, really? Like, yeah, and yeah, it's a very very strange thing. Not sure so, yeah, see. see, 
so C, it's the hidden track that's actually a song. It was written by RM Sugar J-Hope and Slow Rabbit, and it was produced by RM, actually. Amazing. Yeah. Genius boy. It's only available on the physical album, so not mm-hmm. many people know about it. It discusses the hardship that BTS has experienced since debut, particularly struggling to compete with other groups because the company's so small. It also reflects on fearing their global fame and success that could suddenly leave as quick as it arrived. There's a lot of lyrics that link to that bit. I also had heard the thing that he, that Arm originally wrote it for his mixtape. There's a lot of referencing sea or like bodies of water and BTS mm-hmm. lyrics in general, which I thought was quite interesting. So just from this album, you have from Best of Me, RM says, I wanted to be the tender waves, but why didn't I know you were the sea? Beautiful. Beautiful. And then in Dimple, JK says, uh, I want to die locked in you. You are my lake. RM kind of directly refers to the, the bit in Best of Me, I think, where he says, I wanted to have the sea, so I swallowed you up, but I'm even thirstier than before is what I know really the ocean or a blue desert. It's amazing, right, if you think about the the metaphor within that, the yeah. concept of, like, drinking someone's water, like, mm. drinking in their energy and then realising that even though it looks like water, it's full of yeah. salt yeah. and therefore it's making you thirsty and it's detracting from you so you're not getting the this nourishment outcome that you expected even though it looks like you would. Yeah. I mean, that's so... That's so insightful yeah. into potentially toxic relationships as well. Definitely. And relationships not going the way that you thought they would and as you said foreshadows for the conflict yeah yeah definitely i think that's the first time that they sort of it kind of he kind of refers to this romantic relationship but it's the first time he sort of mentions that maybe it isn't quite what he thought or it's mm. not yeah the bit that he loses of himself maybe isn't quite worth it and so he talks about overcoming hardship which sort of leads us on to the uh chorus where there's sort of the vocal line intake turns saying where there's hope there's always hardship Beautiful. over and over again and then they go you know you know you know at the end and then Sugar's verse, I thought it was really, really just oh, gorgeous, gorgeous because, yeah, and Aram says this in the live as well. He was like, well, Sugar did a really, really good job. And I was worried because it was a hidden track that he wouldn't give it his all, but he just really did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a really good one. And he very much gets more into the the idol journey, I think. He's just, yeah, there's no metaphor. No, there's no metaphor there. It's just straight up. We yeah. struggled. We were not going to make it. We shared a dorm. We only took slots mm-hmm. that other people had lost. Yeah. He starts off saying, I thought this was the ocean, but it's the desert. A medium-sized ordinary idol was my second name. Countless people get cut from broadcasts, but someone's empty spot is our dream. So obviously, well, they were allowed to debut because there was another performer that cancelled. So mm. very clear. Um, we saw the mirage in the desert, but couldn't grasp it. So they've sort of had this clear dream in front of them, but couldn't couldn't get to it. And he says that there was this great line where he says, in the end, we reached the mirage and it became our reality. The scary desert became the ocean with our blood, sweat and tears. But why is there this fear in between the happiness? Because we know too well that this place is really a desert. Wow. <laughs> and like the references to the, to the ocean, the army ocean and then the yeah, blood, sweat and tears. The blood, sweat and tears, I know. Yeah. yeah beautiful. Brilliant. Um, genius boy. Yeah. Second genius, second genius boy. boy. Very good. This is very much them like taking the mask down, isn't it? Oh. Like they're telling us that there are hardships to them, to their journey as well. Mm. Everything continues to be the same, and in the way that sort of you know everything has happy and sad times. I think yeah, what you can't have that. happiness without sadness. No, you can't exactly. have joy without depression, and there's always hardship, as they say in the in the chorus a lot. Mm. So yeah, and he says it's life again. So that's good, good reflection. 
It's okay. really beautiful. Really I, I'm so. It's a, it's upsetting that it's not on Spotify. It's, I'm really so sad. sad that I. I'm really glad that we found it. Yeah, that we found it because it was really beautiful to see mm-hmm. that and to to feel that yeah. that sense of connection to the reality of what they're going through and what their lives are like. So yeah. Final thoughts on Seamash? Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. The last couple that we mentioned after her, obviously the skit and see, there's no performances. No, I think after her they did like an intro to Spring Day. They did yeah. it once. Yeah, I'm sure there was that little like placebo outfit and he's wearing definition little meow meow. Yeah, it's a little meow meow vibes. I know it's the softest thing. But yeah, a C. I think they played C in the background of a muster once, like during a transition. But it was only like the the background music. They didn't sing it, so. Ooh. So yeah, um, yes, Justice for Seam, please perform it. Right. Awards time. It's time. It's time. <laughs> okay, shall we go first? So best lyric. Obviously has to go to, it's not just one hour, it's a whole year that'll disappear. <laughs> so this song is a reward I'm giving to you. Nice. It, it can't go anywhere else. There, there are lots of very, very beautiful lyrics. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that one. And I just felt like it was really representative of where I was at with my journey because I really thought it was going to be a couple of hours <laughs> to like learn their names. And now, and now I don't, I, I don't want to so do actually... anything else with my life. <laughs> um, best lyric from you, Mash. Because we're the two who found our destiny from DNA. Oh, that is lovely. Yeah, that's a good one. So I thought it was Arms Bit from Best of Me, where it says, even though I haven't seen my limits, but if they exist, it's probably you. I wanted to be the tender waves, but why didn't I know you were the sea? Yeah. Oh, that is a good one. Mm -hmm. And does he sing that bit? Yes, he yeah, does. He, he does. does. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So that was my best oh, that's lyric. Really nice. Right. Well chosen. Two best lyrics to RM. Yeah. The next one we're gonna do is best vocal. Um, I'll go. So um, the lyric that I picked is it's on Dimple, mm-hmm. and it's the one at exactly two minutes when V softens his vocal into oh, a whisper, yeah. and then Jimin follows that up Lovely. with a soft Yay. vocal, and my women heart just exploded yeah. and it, like I said it really added a new layer so yeah best vocal goes to women oh, I'd oh. say it's Aram's part in C where it's that I see the ocean I see desert I see the word everything same thing different name that one it just like out of all that song it's that it's just like it's deep it's like oh yeah, yeah. beautiful okay so mine oh. <laughs> mine is also Aram's <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's clearly yeah, the RM bias didn't choose RM, but the, the other two did. Um, so mine's RM's bit from Best of Me. So it just fills me with joy. I think every time I hear it, I'm like, it gives me the goosebumps. It Got does. It. So it's the same one as I picked for my lyric, but deserves it. Best rap. What do you think? Best rap. Went to Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's also, um, it, you mentioned it, even though I had it in my notes, it's the moment in Pied Piper. Where it's the moment that you hear that sound, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it follows up with maybe I'm a bit dangerous, like the pipe pipe. I'm testing you, yeah. Um, you really love pipe pipe. I really do. I really, really do. I just, I just think it's just so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and the lyrics are just 
they speak differently to mm. me but I remember when I was doing my research and I was just walking back from the gym and I heard the yeah, and I literally like stopped dead in my tracks and I was like what is that is that it is and then after I'd heard it I've heard it mentioned he does it sometimes on others yeah and it just sets up that rap yeah from there on Tash mine would be sugars like the first bit in my drop where he says sorry billboard sorry worldwide sorry mum it's like from the little Korean that I knew I understood it straight away and I'm like oh my god like and I think out of this whole album that's probably like if I were just to like not listen to it for a few years that'd still be a bit that I'd be like sugar's rapping it's oh, sugar taking sugar taking the is he taking all the best rap? So I'm really glad you think that, Natasha, because I was gonna say that, but then I heard see and then I changed it. I changed it like three times. I changed it to after her, and then I changed it to see. But yeah, it's the section with blood, sweat, and tears. Best dance break. Should we go with you first, Natasha? I would pick. I think I'm correct. J Hope's part in DNA. That's exactly what I wrote. Me too. Yeah. Exactly what I wrote. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the Nananas. Well, I think anyway, that's when he stands out the most. It's just his t-shirt. It's so bright. You just like, you can just see J-Hope. Right. Moving swiftly on. Best live performance. Which ones did we choose, guys? Yes, I chose Best of Me with Junie and the Choco. <laughs> I wonder why. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah. complicated. It's really... um really intense plot yeah a lot really, of literary references a lot of literary yeah. references <laughs> big graphics really complicated no it's literally just junior and the choker yes and in the choker it's, it's a good valid. day valid, valid. Good day. best life performance junior right. and the choker. muster best of me yes natasha mine would have to be in the soul one where they're like center stage imagine how cool it would have just been to like see someone like body rolling just his cheeks like moving yeah Yeah. (laughs) but I think the whenever they do a concert like you always see like soul ones and you're like whoa I'd love to go into a concert in Korea Mm. me too it's on the list yeah if we could ever get tickets which is like really hard (laughs) my best performance is go go actually Mm. oh because of the flossing and Toby being silly Toby being silly yeah exactly that's why I picked it there's one where he looks like a minion yeah, it's because he's dancing around being all silly but all straight-faced and his little solo moment where he, like, jumps around. And, yeah, the whole dance is just very silly, very entertaining. You know, I love silly dance. Mm, you do. And, yeah, I think I just think it's good. I think it's underrated, so I chose it. You know, I thought I would choose a mic drop performance. I was mm. on my way to the mic drop performance, but then I was like, you know what? Go, go brought me joy. So, mm. yeah. I said honourable mention to the mic drop performance in the big jackets. In the big jackets, yeah. Sugar froze the mic. The big jacket performance. We'll link that, definitely. What was the next one? Best look. What did you go with, Liam? Easy. Junie and the Choker. Choker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Could have predicted that. What was yours best look? Mine was when, I think it's in, I'm also pulling my bias card if you can't uh, tell. Nice. But he has it in, I think it's Dimple and Pied Piper in the Busan Master. Yeah, in the Master. black shirt. No, it's not the black shirt. It's the one that has like a night sky on it. And like, yeah, it's like a blue and beige type shirt. I didn't know it was from this, but I've just seen like a million TikToks of this shirt mm. and him dancing around the shirt looking like he's having the time of his life. I'm talking about Tay, by the way. And yeah, that was my best look. Tasha, what's your best look? My best look would be Jin uh, with a performance of Dimple 
uh, the fifth muster performance in Seoul because of his hair. His hair is amazing. The grey, silvery grey hair. Just love it. It's like a silver fox, but I guess he's not that old. <laughs> nice. It's good for Worldwide Handsome to get a best look, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Even in other performances where he's uh, got dark hair, it's still gorgeous, but that one tops it. Cause the hip thrust, the hair, the shirt. Shout out to Hobie and the jumper and DNA. Yes. Honourable mention. Honourable mention. Well, I think like all the mic drop outfits should mm. have honourable mention. All right. It's the moment of doom, guys. Ooh. We'll bravely move on. Which song would we skip? This is like, if you had to choose, you have to choose. <laughs> yeah. So, Tasha, what's your skip? If I had to, it'd have to be Mic Drop. Mic Drop. Yeah. Good. Music video, the explosions, they're all right, but I wouldn't, like, it's not like... Right. Weird. Okay. Do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, my skip's go go. It comes really late. I was confused about the meaning. It's fine, but I don't need it. It can go. Right. Go, go, can go. Go, go, can go. Right, right go on, Christine. I, my skip's fine, fine, fair. I can't believe it. I. It's not acceptable behaviour. <laughs> like, I don't understand. To be fair, when I looked into the lyrics more and when I did all my research about it, I was like, oh, this is actually a really brilliant art. So I underline it's the gun to your head situation. Mm. But I tried to be really honest to myself like when I listen to my shuffle playlist and it comes on which am I least excited about Jesus. and it's Pied Piper but like I do love it I love it a lot but it's too late you put it in the bin out of it's your a life. skip one that's the category it's <laughs> the song you'd skip once right mm. okay so it's not like you, you don't miss it forever should we move on to best song right what's your best song then it's best of me oh really yeah i'm sure it's gonna be pipe piper now you know how i feel about pipe piper but i think best of me just has the range yeah it has the when you're in the bath when you're in the gym when you're in the street it's got the beat drop it's got that soft whisper from vimin it's got the complexity of you know you've got the best of me so Mm. i'm giving all of myself as an idol over to you as a fan Mm. in exchange for your time and then when I watched the performance and saw some of the choreo for Best mm. of Me, it adds then it added, and obviously there's a performance of Best of Me with Junie and the, the Choker. choker. Yeah. So Best of Me, number one. Yes. Natasha? I'd definitely pick C because I know that there's so many people that it's nice to be like, oh, have you heard C? And they're like, hmm, what? It's a nice thing to be like, oh, thanks for telling me about it. Yeah. Um, Christine, bring it home. I chose Microsoft. Interesting. <laughs> very, oh, very, please. very different. I played it so much. It wasn't my most played song of 2021, but definitely on my top five. Mm-hmm. And I just, I play it when I work at like big events. So when I need to, like when you're really like tired or whatever, you need to hype yourself up to do this big event in front of all these people, then I, I'll play Mic Drop. It just gives me energy. It's a brilliant gym song, has all the swagger and yeah, Mic Drop for me. It's a banger. Let's move on to the MVP. Most valuable player. Most valuable player. Of her. Who wants to go first? Tash? Yep. Jimin. Jimin! Just because, one, he does have his solo in this one. Two, because there's obviously you've got a performance for Best of Me, Dimple. He just always stands out when he's doing his bit. And I always Mm. think they give him best attention when he's got his his little part to do. 
you know. I literally wrote the exact same. Not even what you said. Like, I will read what I wrote. Most valuable player, Jimin, for opening the best of me, mm-hmm. for his whisper and body rolls in Dimple. And, of course, I was influenced by the intro in Serendipity. Yeah. And I decided, Jimin, before we took Serendipity out, and then I really wanted to find someone else. And I just... You just couldn't. couldn't. Yeah. It's him. I, mean, I think it's it's fine to keep serendipity in for that purpose because obviously he does open the album. Strong hair in this era. Oh, definitely, definitely. His like fluffy blonde hair. Mm. Really nice. Delicious. Really nice. Really nice. But, um, but yeah, for me. Christine, MVP, most valuable player. I picked RM. Oh, <laughs> see, the, the, the problem is with picking RM is, yeah. is the challenge of the lyrics. Exactly. Our, I and, said that. I couldn't give it to Aaron because yeah, I'm definitely going to give it to Aaron every single time. Yeah, like exactly. the genius boy because of how important the lyrics are. He was involved with all the songs in this one except for Go-Go. But like the amount of times I've been like, Aaron said this, Aaron said that, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. In my research, I was like, you know, there isn't anyone else really. And also I picked his part as the best lyric and I picked his part for best vocal. Mm. So yeah, I think I felt like it had to be him for this one. I do agree with you though because you could end up picking him every time. But I think... There are albums where there's others. It's more of the boys getting involved with writing and, and things like that. So, well, yeah. we'll see, won't we? We shall see, exactly. All right, best grade. The best grade. The, <laughs> the best <only> grade. <laughs> the only grade. The only grade we'll give this album. What are we giving it, Leanne? I'm going to give it 6.5 out of 7. Yeah. I've got to six and a half stars. Yeah, six for... and a half stars for her. Love yourself, her. I, I reserve the right to regrade love yourself her yeah. at the end of this because it is you don't really the, have the curve yet it is the only album that i've listened to through end to end and done the research on. yeah 6.5 6.5 for her nice okay Natasha. i'll go for six just a great one and great. with a c it kind of links to where i were looking at the actual mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. release photos by the c mm-hmm. so yeah love it six out of seven six out of seven i also went with 6.5 Oh. I definitely think there's room to grow, but it's a really good one. It's a really, it's really, a really good, good one. one. Yeah. It's a really I good one. I do think there are very albums that it. will reach a seven, but there's also like, I did this thing when I first started listening where I listened to all the albums like in order. I mm-hmm. listened to one like every morning I put on BTS. It's the first thing I do. And I listened to one album end to end on repeat for a week mm-hmm. till I learned that album and then moved on the next week I listened to the next album and then so on and so forth so I've listened to the al- all the albums end to end quite a lot mm-hmm. but yeah this one and the love yourself era in general really is you know yeah, the love yourself era it's got a lot to give it does so um 6.5 all round high grades for love yourself era we liked it a lot thank you BTS to finish up, shall we spin the wheel and <laughs> see where the next two weeks of our life, life will be <laughs> dedicated yes. to? Let's Are we it. ready? Yeah. Right, three, two. Oh, it's got a noise. <laughs> oh, fun. Oh, oh, we are going in to the school era. Yeah, yeah school, school era. era. Right, right, school era. Album one for school. Take off for school. Jesus. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a fun. great album. It's really good. I'm excited about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so join us in two weeks in for Tuchel for school. The Tuchel for school album review. Yeah. It might not be as long as this one, but <laughs> let's see. Right. Let's um, 
us wrap this up. <laughs> Here's your reminder to use BTS to love yourself because none of this is a coincidence. I have been Christine. I've been Leanne. I've been Natasha and we have been Generation, Generation BTS. BTS. Thank you so much for listening and please join us again in two weeks. Bye.